Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. Well, it's my great pleasure to have on the Animated Living podcast today, Tom Wilson. Uh, Tom heads up um, Wave Changer, which is all about helping surfers and the surf industry be more environmentally aware and environmentally responsible and hopefully you know whether you're in the surf industry or a surfer or just you're someone who loves the planet hopefully what's shared today will be helpful Uh, Tom's in touch with some wonderful innovations that are happening in this space to to see the surfing industry which typically is a very conservative industry but to make changes so that uh, we can look after the planet in better ways. Uh, so how's this relevant to the animated life? Well, uh, the animated life isn't just about self-help. It's not just about losing weight and getting fit and eating well. It's about thinking about other people and being socially responsible. And it's also about looking after the planet. And if we can do those things, look after ourselves, look after others, look after the planet, then we have a better life. So Tom, What's wrong with surf products as we have them? I mean, there's a surfboard behind you. I think it's made of fiberglass. We've got surfboards, we've got wetsuits, we've got everything, you know, we've got wax. What's, what's wrong with surf products as they are? Nothing's changed dramatically in surfboard construction for about 40, 50 years. Um, since the late uh, 50s, uh, 60 years, sorry. And they're using the same process, the same materials, and the materials are all oil-based if they're reversed engineered. Um, wax is still petroleum-based, uh, paraffin, sorry, uh, but the petroleum in uh, surfboards and wetsuits, neoprene is derived from petroleum. Um, surfboards have a foam in the middle, which is you know polystyrene foam or EPS foam or polyurethane foam, they're all just as bad. One can be recycled, one can't. Uh, the resin is um, polyester resin or epoxy resin. Epoxy is less harmful to the shapers. Um, but they're all still made out of um, non-renewable materials. Mm. They very rarely are recycled. Um, and they're all kind of fused together. A surfboard, if you are going to say, well, this element can be recycled in a surfboard, you've still got to pick it apart. Mm. And it's just the way surfboards are being made. I'm not having a go at people who make the surfboards because that's just the way, that's the options in front of us. Um, Wetsuits, neoprene, again. I mean, there's natural wetsuits now being made out of natural rubber, um, but they still have elements of plastic on the inside, the the furry layer. Tell me a bit more about the the neoprene in a wetsuit, which, I mean, neoprene's used in lots of, clothing materials and water sports. Mm. Uh, tell me more about the connection with petroleum. So neoprene um, was invented in the 1930s by chemical scientists um, at DuPont and they were used initially for the, the sole, the rubber neoprene sole of a shoe. Mm. It's durable, yes, it's great, whatever, but it's 
end of life has not been considered because that's what my problem is with a lot of materials, with surfboards, with wetsuits, with anything. There's no consideration at the start as a designer or someone planning that product, what happens at the end of that product's life? Mm. There's never any thought about that. I mean, there is now and it's becoming more common, but I think that there might be, as strict as it sounds, there might be regulation in the future where you have to have a plan if you make a product. It's like, okay, well, show us your plan. What happens at the end? Will it be recycled? Will it be returned to the manufacturer who can reuse the materials or dispose of it sensibly? Give us your plan before you can start making it. Because at the moment, it's a free-for-all. You can make any product and there's no accountability for what happens at the end. And wetsuits, as with surfboards, so sorry, to go back to wetsuits, um, they're made with lots of different materials as well. So if you've got one material, I think that is better than having lots of different ones. Right. So one solid type of plastic can be recycled, whereas a wetsuit will have the stitching. So there's a string in there, uh, a glued seam. <clears throat> The logos, you know, like a, uh, a type of plastic-based logo print on it, and then there's the neoprene, and then there's a furry layer inside, which is usually polyester. And some wetsuits will have recycled bottles as that lining and uh, natural rubber, but it's still very difficult to take all those apart. And But to get the performance right, you know, it's very difficult. There's all these different things at play, like performance, cost, suppliers, ethical supply chains, the right materials. So I think everyone's chipping away at it slowly. Patagonia and Visla um, and Matus, they're, they're sort of leading the way with these kind of eco-friendly wetsuits that are doing better than traditional wetsuits. So give me an example of a eco-friendly wetsuit. What materials would be in that? Um, a Patagonia wetsuit will have, uh, well, the Ulex range will have natural rubber, which has been scored from a tree. So there are literally trees where there's like a kind of uh, helter-skelter around it where they've scored it and the natural rubber flows down and they catch it and they process it and turn it into a material. As opposed to? As opposed to neoprene, which is oil-based. There's wetsuits that are less harmful. Yes. But... There's, there's no wetsuit out there, I don't think, that's good for the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and the only surfboard that's good for the planet is a plank of wood, really, <laughs> that has had nothing applied to it. So is the other chief, two problems, correct me if I'm oversimplifying it, is how the material is sourced and where the product ends up, as in landfill. They're the two yeah. main issues at stake. Yeah, and perhaps... Uh, the in-between stages of transport and how it's processed and made and the energy and the emissions. So for example, Notox, um, a French surf brand, they make their surfboards uh, over here and in France and that's it. And they're made with local shapers, they're made with recycled foam, with flax seed uh, instead of fiberglass. Uh, so plant-based uh, cloth uh, and really high, one of the highest um, vegetable, sorry, plant-based resins in the world. It's something like about 58% plant-based. Um, 
so as a surfboard, it's, it's a very good example of an eco-friendly one, but because they're made locally, there's no transport. You know, mm. They're not made in China or Thailand. Uh, they're made very high quality finish materials. There's a lot of love that goes into them, um, but they're, they're very expensive as well. Mm. But if there was, I, I find it amazing that surfboards, the majority, something like over 90% of surfboards in Australia have been made overseas where surely Australia has the highest surfboard per head ratio in the world. So wouldn't it make sense to make them here? Mm-hmm. And then there's limited travel, there's more jobs, it will drive innovation because that's what's happening in France. There's surfboard being made in France and there's loads now. There's the hexagonal 3D printed plastic ones, they're called WIVE now, mm-hmm. W-Y-V-E. So I think that Australia could be a world leader in making surfboards on a big scale. So there comes a point where obviously they have in France where they are, there's a critical mass where the industry is together has decided this is the way to go. And then you get the consumers getting on board with that and that's created momentum and perhaps some peer pressure in the surfing community. Yeah, I definitely think momentum and peer pressure are massive because without those two things, how are you gonna convince people? And I think that you know, with social media and the internet, you can get both of those things because of just the pressure of seeing yeah. someone else. And I think having a pro riding a board is huge. Right. Because everyone looks up to role models, whether it's music and film industry, you know, yeah. surfing as well. The, the latest, you know, hotshot surfers, especially the young ones that millions of kids look up to. If they're riding an eco-friendly board, I think kids will want it too. Mm-hmm. But then there isn't the performance quite yet with eco-friendly surfboards that matches, you know, traditional surfboards. Uh-huh. Mm. So if a surfboard is having recyclable foam. Is that what you called it? Yep, if, if there are surfboards with foam that can be recycled. Yeah. Okay, so the person who's finished with the board, do they then take it back to the manufacturer who reuses that um, those products? Yeah, there, there aren't systems in place. In the US, there's a, a initiative called Waste to Waves, and there are collection bins in surf shops and people can drop off their foam or their surfboards, I think. But um, there isn't, you know, there's no hype around it. There's no communication around what to do with a surfboard when it finishes. And that's one idea that Wave Changer is looking to roll out in the future about where you can take your boards, you know, mm. where the council are involved, mm-hmm. where you drop it off. And someone had suggested an idea online, actually, which is if it's not too battered it could be given to a learner who could use it to um, experiment with surfing Mm. so just getting that getting the generational use of the product rather than a a one use and then done and a lot of people who surf regularly are upgrading their board they're changing their boards every year aren't they Mm. yeah i mean i heard a crazy stat that the top pros go through about 200 boards a year which i find Amazing. I mean, obviously they're surfing a lot, but a couple of hundred boards. I mean, what happens with all those old boards? You know, I I very much doubt they're returned anywhere. Yeah. Um, but with wetsuits in mind, actually, Rip Curl just announced a few weeks ago 
that they are accepting any wetsuits, not just rip curl ones, yeah. any wetsuits back to their stores. Uh, I think this is just in Australia at the moment. And they will recycle them into products such as the bouncy matting in oh, kids' yeah. playgrounds. Yeah. So that's a positive step. Okay. That, um, we posted that online and that got a lot of traction because a lot of people sort of liked that idea. And there's some statistics from the US that said if people know what their product will become, if there's a second life for it and it's known, you're 30% more likely to recycle. So, yes. So if people know their wetsuit will become something, yes. they will recycle it. But yeah. if they if they don't know and they're just dropping it off in a box, yeah. there isn't that kind of click in their head of, oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What, what are the blocks you've found in helping people make the shift to thinking about sustainable products for surfing? Um, I think awareness. Um, a lot of people don't really know what is inside their board or what their wetsuit is made of. Or they might kind of know, but they don't know the consequences environmentally of having a certain foam in your surfboard. You know, it's, someone will say, yeah, I know there's a foam in the middle, but they won't know what it's made out of. And I, you know, a few years ago, I didn't know either. And yeah. You did some research around this. What, what are the figures for, for ignorance? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, pretty high, actually. So of the people who call themselves uh, like eco-warriors who are helping in the community, volunteering at Surfrider or whatever, 50% or 50-something percent of those people do not know, did not know what their board was made of. So... Um, I think as soon as you know that your board is made of X, Y, and Z, and it's it, it's you know it comes from oil, it can't be recycled. There's a shift in thinking, and all of a sudden you you behave differently. So I think awareness, yes. and that's what Wave Change is trying to do, is just making people aware. We're not putting pressure on anyone. We're not sort of shouting out, you know, don't do this. We're just saying, look, this is what is happening. This is what things are made of. This is how they're made. And here are things out there that are made from better materials for the planet, better for you. You'll feel more empowered if you're surfing an eco-friendly surfboard or a, you know, a less uh, environmentally impactful wetsuit. So I think just letting people know, and when, I think when people know, they change. I've got friends who have found out recently about environmental surf stuff and their habits have changed. Okay. Um, so I think little positive nudges um, I think financial incentives from manufacturers will be great. If you res uh, return a surfboard or a wetsuit, you'll get $80 off a new one or $50 cash back. You know, so there's that slightly more for a mm. return of product. And, um, and I think that that's the only way that humans operate. To rely on humans, unfortunately, to do the right thing without any sort of incentive there seems only a small percentage of people that will do that mm. so if there can be little positive nudges that that don't you know shock people too much or upset them then that's on the right road and I think materials will be regulated soon anyway mm -hmm. I think that you know it's happening with single-use plastics yeah mm. yeah it's probably just a matter of time isn't it yeah I think certain plastics will be illegal I think neoprene maybe in 20 years might be illegal. Mm -hmm. It might just be unlawful to produce it. 
Yeah. So it sounds like, at least for now, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to have a perfect solution, but there are better options than what most of us are doing. If, but if I walk into the local surf shop and I say, can you get me, I want an eco-friendly board, have they got one to sell me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think most surf shops will have um, Firewire. Uh, they have sort of timber in their boards and EPS foam. Um, there are spooked kooks who are based in the city. They make surfboards made with recycled plastic that has been sourced from the ocean. So they've got a relationship with the plastic bank who source the plastic and then sell the plastic to people who make stuff. So they get the plastic waste. Plastic waste. Out of the ocean. Out of the ocean, yeah. So there's a good story. Environmentally, it's good. Um, Trying to think what other boards in shops. I mean, you might have boards that have slightly less harmful products like the epoxy resin instead of polyurethane, uh, polyester resin, or EPS instead of polyurethane foam. Um, But yeah, I I would maybe say Firewire. I don't know, it's difficult when there's something that costs this much and this yeah. much and somebody just wants a surfboard <laughs> for playing around with, it's, it's tricky. There's a disconnect, isn't there, for most of us, you know, I include myself because we, we become passionate about, no, don't, don't mine fossil fuels off our reefs and our beaches and don't do this and don't do that. And yay, they've gone away. They're not going to touch our ocean while we sit on our, you know, non non-recyclable product and where oh, no, it's, it's crazy to think that the surfing community have, have done so much to stop uh, offshore drilling um, PEP 11 Adani very vocal which is amazing but yeah we're sitting on essentially a piece of oil hardened processed oil um, as someone pointed out to me recently you know it's it's very difficult to reverse engineer what we're sitting on and put it back to the environment in a positive way. What we've done is we've manipulated what's under the ground that's taken, you know, oil is sediment that's gone so far down and it's a substructure of the earth. We don't know what the consequences are of digging out this oil, probably not in our lifetime. You know, it's like having a foundation under a house and chipping away at it and taking stuff out. It's, naturally it should be there we're taking it out um, and processed it in such a way that it cannot just be put back on the ground and go back in i mean i think the ultimate goal would be to create something that is completely biodegradable and home compostable so maybe a surfboard has a shelf life of a few years and then it starts to break down and in 10 years it will be gone Mm. so maybe a piece of wood is the closest thing, really. That's how yeah. surfing started, on a piece of wood. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. And there's a, a brand called Varuna, V-A-R-U-N-A, who are just about to launch, and they are making surfboards from a permaculture rainforest in Indonesia or the Philippines um, with bamboo and... Uh, what's the other type of word? Polonia, I think. And it's a bamboo skeleton inside, mm. substructure. And then round the outside, I think, is a Polonia skin. Mm. And it's amazing. And they're 
I've seen them um, and they're about to launch and that is essentially a piece of wood it's two types of wood but there's there's no foam core mm. you know as long as there's a, some sort of skeleton and that's like the the 3d plastic boards that are one piece that are, you know honeycomb structure of plastic so it's oh. one piece of plastic or one piece of wood and all of the holes mean it doesn't have to be one solid piece mm-hmm. um, so yeah a piece of wood surfboard you know, maybe in 20 years, surfboards have to be made of timber or this or that. And, you know, maybe the World Surf League could say to surf in an event, you have to have a surfboard that meets these requirements. And I think that at a higher level, uh, government will be regulating, I think will be regulating materials, which will obviously have an effect on the surfing industry. If the government say you can't use polyurethane foam from 2030, the surfing industry will then adapt. And as soon as they say you cannot use oil-based foam in a surfboard Mm. uh, or a pretty toxic resin, then people will adapt and they'll come up with, Mm. you know, and it will drive innovation and it'll be exciting. um, And there will be some people that will have to change the way they operate. But I mean, it's, this is the health of the planet, really. It's like the mining industry and you know solar and renewables and wind power there's mining communities that um you know there's livelihoods and there's people that live in these towns that were built from the ground up because of mining so to stop it overnight would be quite destructive to people uh, even though it's probably the best thing for the environment so there just needs to be a transition and it's the same with plastics and foams just a, a plan you know we've got 10 years until they're banned well, they talk about the progression in surfing, kids doing, you know, airs and reverse this, that and the other. This is the next progression. This is the next thing to happen in the surfing world. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's slowly happening, slowly. But, you know, there's stuff happening in Japan and France and Brazil, innovation. So it's a kind of collective global goal to move towards more sustainable lives products everything it's, it's happening you know it's definitely happening it's not slowing down it's not going to go the other way so it's just a matter of how quickly we get there <clears throat> and how we do it you know yeah yeah well congratulations because in, in many ways what you're doing with wave chamber is wave changer is pushing uphill a little bit mm. until such a time as there is this critical mass of awareness and to be on the forefront of that and to be bringing awareness and to be showcasing some of the other options that there are and the innovations, you know, that's an awesome thing you're doing. How are you promoting that message? Um, thank you. Um, it's difficult. Like you said, it is a bit of an uphill struggle. There's, there's a very small percentage of hardcore people that love what we do. Um, last year, our main project was uh, taking my thesis and making it into a more digestible short format and that was well received a few thousand downloads so can i put that on my website yeah yeah absolutely it's completely free um people can download it and then you've got your instagram account that's wave changer yeah uh wave underscore changer okay i think it'll be on the screen yeah 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 
And is there a website that people can visit? Yep, wavechanger.org, because we're a not-for-profit and mm. you know, a true sense. Well, hopefully in time to come, you know, people will be knocking on your door, they want to be connected with Wave Changer because it's, this, is, this is the future. People understand that the planet needs to be better looked after than what it is. What I would love to see is, and I've taken inspiration from other people and industries, is that what happens in the surf industry inspires others. There's a, a young lady in Switzerland who's making shoes out of banana peels. They're not fully banana peels, but they are waste food, so it's getting rid of a waste product and it's replacing an oil-based product. So I think it's something like 80% banana peel, which is really high. Um, and it performs and it looks great. And she's getting loads of attention because of that. Um, so all it takes is examples like that yes. to inspire others and you know, a big manufacturer mm. to come on board and you know, like Clark's or something, a shoe mm. manufacturer to say, we're gonna take that, mm-hmm. um, take that idea and, and then everyone else will wanna keep up. It'll be like, oh, you know, they've got that competitive advantage on on us because they've got those green credentials we've got to keep up and you know with rip curl with the wetsuit recycling billabong have said something about using recycled materials and wetsuits so there's all these announcements that are conveniently coming out because you know behind the scenes there must be all this kind of we've got to keep up you know mm-hmm. patagonia have done this we've got to do that and mm-hmm. so that positive peer pressure is good mm-hmm. yeah mm. Well, this has been really good. It's been really good. And what we've been talking about is something that probably hasn't got that momentum uh, just yet, but it will. Watch this space. Uh, Get in touch with WaveChanger. There's a a link for how you can follow on Instagram or go to wavechanger.org and keep up to date. If you go to my website and go to myanimatedlife.com forward slash podcast, there's a resource button there. So tap on that and you can download this, uh, this small booklet that Tom's put together. If you're a manufacturer or you're a surfer or you just love the planet, then this is definitely a cause worth following. And who knows, you may inspire through what you do and through what you showcase other industries beyond surfing to, to take action as well so that we can have an animated life, not just for ourselves, but for the planet as a whole. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.